I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast, To Be Named Later. I'm Noah Hiles. He is... Alex Stumpf. And Alex, it's a rain delay. It's a rain delay in the eighth inning of a one-run game, and we cover a team that, uh, you know, <laughs> you want to see them win. You know, that, that was a very, but, you know, my mama told me to, if I didn't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all type thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I really like my job and I want to keep it. So just, just keeping it real might not be the best thing to do right now. Um, but it's raining. Well, it's actually not raining. I'm, I'm recording this on the, uh, the back staircase of the press box. Um, there is no rain. Uh, no clouds in the sky, really, even though it's night. Um, the tarp is still on the field, and the radar is clear. Our boss is upset, but guess what? We're grinded, as always. Uh, and Alex, uh, we don't have a game, really, to talk about yet because the result could be anything. It's a one-run game in the eighth inning. Um, but we do have a guy we could talk about. And barring something incredible, he very well – it would be funny if he, like, hits a walk-off home run and wins this game and we don't get to talk about it. What, what's going to happen is you're going to be asleep because it's your day off and I'm going to have to re-record the first segment all by myself at, like, 4 a.m., which is fine. Uh, but right now, Cabrian Hayes, still a very impressive debut. Uh, an RBI double for his first hit of his big league career. Um, not much action in the field, but, you know – Good to see him up here. Good to see the kids getting a chance to play. Yeah, and, I mean, just going based off of those first three at-bats for Cabrian, I mean, first inning, he moves the runner on second to third with less than two outs. That ends up resulting directly in a run because of Frazier's ground out to follow. In the second at-bat, he struck out, but that was seven, eight pitches. I mean, he, he showed some patience. He battled. And then, yeah, the double off the wall. So I would consider those, in general, three good or at least productive at-bats, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a good showing from him. And it's – he's finally here. I think it's the real <laughs> takeaway. Like, it, it was the Friday podcast where I just went off and said, like, why the hell isn't Cabrian Hayes here? It, well, now no, we know that he actually is here. But <laughs> it's, it's good. And it's almost to the point – that the results to these month, next month worth of games don't matter anymore. Like, because if nothing else, Cabrian is going to get his feet wet. And he needs to – this is a guy that you have to build the franchise around. You have to take that step with. And now it's time for other people to get that same opportunity. Like, Blake Cedarland was brought on the taxi squad this weekend. And they, they got to see him throw. Everything looked good. It, it's time. It's time to give him his shot. Jared Oliver, 
Here's another guy who, you know, in the outfield mix, I know they got Anthony Alford. Play Alford. Let's see what there's what they've got there. It, these are bats that shouldn't go to Jose Asuna. These are innings that should not go to Davidas Nevarazquez anymore. Who they had their basically their month, you know, to show something. And even though they showed like glimmers every once in a while, overall very poor production from two for multiple guys on this team. That really, you know, this was a put up or shut up type year, and they they kind of shut up in the grand scheme of things. So guys like Frazier, Bell, Musgrove was almost very closely traded according to reports uh today yes um, trevor williams you know a lot of this team i'm not convinced it's gonna be coming back in 2021 play the kids let's see what the kids are, are gonna do it's it's time it's time you know what bring up o'neill cruz at the end of the year even if he's just gonna dh and even if he stinks he goes over 10 over 20 whatever they can bring him up right now you wouldn't lose any service time why not bring him up now well, you lose service time, but it's not going to count. Oh. Yeah, it's it's not going to – this year is already an option year, so that's already burned. And he's yeah. not going to reach a full year, so it's just, you know, the bonus time for next mm-hmm. year. But, yeah, bring him up for the end of the season. You know, let's let's see what these kids got, you know, <laughs> to offer. It, it's I mean, time. Cruz is tough because they have approximately, like, 30 shortstops already on this team. So have that's kind of – that's not – yeah, that's like kind of what you just said, but still, yeah. Um, you mentioned playing the kids. The kids were actually excited to see their buddy Cabrian Hayes up here. I, I asked him about it in, uh, in the pregame during his presser, and he, he said, you know, uh, he tried to keep it a secret, but one by one, I mean, a lot of these guys he played with in the minors. He played with Stallings. He played with Newman. He played with Cole Tucker. Um, you know, he um, he had some experience with Eric Gonzalez. Will Craig, who's not up anymore, uh, was excited to hear he got his call up. I mean, there, there are a lot of guys who have seen Cabrian Hayes play defense. I mean, it's the, he's the first minor leaguer to win three straight gold gloves in the minors in over 60 years. I mean, this is someone fans should be excited about and his teammates are excited about. And I think like I said on yesterday's show, it gives fans a reason to tune in for the remainder of the year because yeah. now you're going to start see you're 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 going to start to see the foundation where, like you said, there's not going to be a lot of guys on this team on next year's team, or I don't know, maybe there will be, maybe they're not. There won't be a lot of guys on this current group on the next playoff team, but there will be a few, and Hayes is going to be one of them, and it's. Who's going to be with him? Is it going to be Reynolds? Is it going to be Tucker? Is it going to be Newman? Is it going to be Gonzalez? There, there are a whole bunch of possibilities. Um, it's just kind of like the start of a new book. And, and Hayes is really the, the man at the forefront of that chapter. And, um, yeah, it, it is exciting. And as a writer, you kind of wonder, you know, what the hell am I going to talk about after the trade <laughs> deadline when this team's far and below everyone else in the standings? But Hayes, Hayes brings that much-needed excitement, so that's fun. Um, short first segment, Alex, unless you have anything else to add. Uh, Oliver, Oliver and Cedarland next. Let's, let's play right. the kids. Do it all right. Play the kids. All right. Well, I've got to get back to work. Alex had the day off today, or whatever you want to call it. Not a day off, but not <laughs> a day at the ballpark. Milwaukee and wrote a story. I don't know if that counts yeah. as a day off. Yeah. He, he – he, uh, on his day off, texted me, I can do the Hayes story. I'm like, oh, you can? 
Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Well, don't talk to Charlie. I, I yeah, offered I you Charlie. I offered you, you did. Charlie. You did. You did. You did. All right. Anyway, well, Charlie Hayes wasn't the only interesting interview that you did yesterday. Uh, you have another one. You want to preview it as we head into the break? Yeah. Sean Gibson, uh, the executive director of the Josh Gibson Foundation. Uh, he recently penned a piece uh, arguing that the Kennesaw Mountain Landis MVP award should, or Kennesaw Mount, Mountain Landis, his name shouldn't be on there anymore. And he advocated a couple people, uh, including, you know, Josh Gibson. So I, it was a great interview. I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out. All right. And I'm excited to listen to it. I'm going to go edit it right now, actually. And you guys are going to listen to it after we come back from this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Joining me now from the Josh Gibson Foundation is the executive director, Sean Gibson, who recently penned a piece for The Undefeated that I, I really think I, I was glad that I came across it and I was very happy that he was willing to come on. Sean, thanks for joining. Oh, thanks for having me, Alex. So this article that you wrote for The Undefeated about the MVP award, or to be more specific, the Kennesaw Mountain Landis, the most valuable player award. It's something that is starting to be discussed a little more, but for years it was just, okay, that's, you know, the first commissioner of baseball. He should have his name on the award, but it's, you made a very compelling argument. I, I felt like to, hey, you know, there are other people in baseball history that, a should probably have their name on it also. And one of the most compelling is Josh Gibson. Yeah, as you mentioned, um, so I wrote an article for Undefeated. Just given my uh, story of why we think Josh should be a great candidate to replace Kennesaw Landis' name on MVP awards. And how this came about was, uh, as you said, there's a big movement going on right now. Uh, as we all know, there's a lot of things going on um, in the society with African-Americans. And so there's been a big movement with removing statues and monuments that, that dealt with racism back in the early 1900s. And fortunately, um, unfortunately, Kennesaw Landis was the commissioner in the early 1920s. And he was the commissioner at the time who denied African-Americans the opportunity to play in the majors. And so our story is more of kind of a redemption, poetic justice type story, and basically you know, how ironic would it be for 
Kennesaw Landis to be replaced by someone who he denied the opportunity of being the majors. And so, um, you know, there's other two great candidates as well. Um, Frank Robinson, who was the only African, well, only baseball player to win the MVP in the American League as well as the National League. And he was the first black manager. And then you have Branch Rickey, and we know his story. He signed Jackie Robinson. Um, but, you know, we just feel as though if Josh had ever had an opportunity to play in the majors, uh, who knows how many MVPs Josh would have won. Um, not just Josh. I mean, there's other great New League baseball players, too. So our story is, is focused on Josh, but we're carrying on the backs of all the New League baseball players who never got that opportunity. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it's something that now with the work that Mr. Kendrick at, has done with the Negro League Museum in Kansas City, that uh, Ken Burns documentary, even before that, you know, helped tell these stories. But it was, it is a part of baseball history. And unfortunately, it, it's a black eye on Major League Baseball history that they weren't actually in Major League Baseball. And, and like you said, Kennesaw Landis was a big reason why. There's, there were a lot of good things that he did during his time as commissioner. You know, he was one of the main factors of keeping the game going. But that is undeniable. It is, in, it is an undeniable issue, not even an issue. Like, it is his greatest stain as commissioner, as someone who – really did not step up in a time whenever the rest of the country was starting to step up with something like that. And I think it's a good argument, not a good argument, just a good discussion to have right now. Like, should we really be honoring this man in the same way now that we have, you know, these decades removed and we can look at it a bit more critically? Well, yeah. And again, we just didn't come up with this off the clear blue sky. No, no, no. Um, yeah, what happened was there was an article, I think his name is Ben Walker from the AP, um, and there's been a few MVP winners, uh, Barry Larkin and Mike Smith and Terry Pendleton, who raised a discussion of removing Kennesaw off of the MVP award. And so I just happened to stumble on this article, and when they mentioned that, it mentioned the replacement names, and when I saw Josh Gibson, I was like, whoa, okay, well, <laughs> Let's see what we can do to help, you know, bring more awareness and tell Josh the story uh, and, and tell why we think Josh should be a great candidate. So, uh, well, thanks to, you know, Mike Smith and Barry Larkin for, for bringing, and Terry Pinner for bringing us up. And now, you know, it seems like we're getting a little momentum. Um, the Undefeated article was, was uh, gave us a lot of attention. And, you know, um, I'm here talking to you now about it. So it, it's great. Let's talk a bit about the foundation because before we, we started this interview, I talked a little bit and you gave me like a five minute answer. You know, uh -huh. just on like all, like real brief sampling of all the stuff this foundation does. So I'm just going to give you the ball, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you mentioned, um, we do have a foundation in the name of Josh Gibson and actually my grandfather, Josh Gibson Jr. is the one who founded the foundation and basically, he wanted just to start something uh, to keep his father's legacy alive, but not only his father, all the other great Negro League baseball players in the area. I mean, when you talk about the Negro League, you're talking about Pittsburgh had two of the greatest teams ever. Um, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Crawfords and the Homestead Grays. I mean, you can't get no better than that. And some of the greatest players played on those teams, and 
they won many championships. So it was it was it was a, a fit for us to do something in the name of Josh Gibson. Mm-hmm. And so you know our website is www.joshgibson.org, and and we just service the kids in the community. We have three different sites, um, one in the Hill District, and we also a partner of the Pittsburgh Public Schools. So we're in Langley K through eight school, and we're actually in Pittsburgh Classical Academy uh, school district school as well. And our programs range from mentoring programs to STEAM programs to academic programs to summer camps to a curriculums in the schools. Um, so we have a wide range of, of programs that service all types of young men and women. And, um, you know, our goal is just to make sure that these kids stay off the streets and make sure they try to get further education. We all know some kids may not become professional athletes, but you can still be involved in professional sports. So we've created a curriculum called BOSA, stands for Business and Sports Academy. And it gives, it gives young people that career path in the, in the game of sports. And so we're been, we've been fortunate and blessed to have a great board and a great committee and, um, you know, and have some great kids come to our program. So, like I said, for more information on our, on our foundation, just go to the website, joshgibson.org. Gibson, in general, is – Pittsburgh is obviously a town that loves its sports icons. And on the baseball side, I mean, it, Gibson is on the Mount Rushmore for Pittsburgh. I mean, right next to Clemeny and Stargell and, mm-hmm. and Hannes Wagner. This, going back to a bit about the MVP award, this would be just, let's look past, you know, the fact of like the problematic part of having Landis on it. This would just be fantastic from a from Pittsburgh baseball standpoint also, because this has been quietly one of the best towns in, you know, baseball history. Whenever you consider the, the Negro League history as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, we always talk about the rich tradition of sports history we have in Pittsburgh. And we talk about, of course, the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins. And then, the, you know, there it is, the Homestead Rays and the Pittsburgh Croppers. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I love about our city. You know, they have embraced us as well as um, the Steelers or the Pirates and the Penguins and recognize us. I mean, I've been into other cities you know, I'm friends with the other family members. I'm friends with Satchel Page's family. I'm friends with Cool Papa Bell's family. I'm cool with friends with um, Buck Leonard's family. You go to those cities, Kansas City is where Satchel Page's family are. You'll see nothing near what Pittsburgh has done here. I mean, we have, after a bridge, after Josh, after the Homestead Graves, we have Josh Gibson murals all over the city. We have Josh Gibson Field. Um, so there's, the city has done a lot to embrace their history of the Negro Leagues here. So we're very appreciative of that. But like you mentioned, you know, something um, being able to capture and have your name on the MVP award, I mean, that's major. Um, mm-hmm. That would be something that would probably last forever. I mean, you figure Kennesaw Landis was on there from, I think he died, what, 44 or something like that? Yeah, it was at least before 46, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you're talking about something that would be huge for the city. I mean, and like you said, it's, it's a win-win. It's a win for the Gibson family. It's a win for the city of Pittsburgh to be able to recognize something like that. So, um, you know, one thing I do want to say is that we do have a petition going out right now, mm-hmm. and we don't need a certain amount of numbers. You know, we just want people to sign it to get the support. And it's that's also on our website. That's joshgibson.org. So whenever we look 
back. No, actually, I'm going before I get there. I want to talk about because you kind of intrigue me here. Whenever you talk about like, you know, being spending time with your cool Papa's family and Satchel Paige's family from from that standpoint, what what's that like? We're talking about you know grandfathers and great grandfathers who really are some of the most revered and there there's folklore about these players almost more than there is about you know major league players at that time as well yeah you know that's a small fraternity that we have amongst ourselves um there's a lot of trash <laughs> talking sometimes um but it's, it's it's a good thing um you know a lot of the family members feel like josh and sass get all the attention and and we and we don't we don't deny it we do we joke with them and say yes we do we we carry y'all so uh <laughs> Fairness and fairness, you say you could pick two players from the Negro Leagues to start a franchise with. Who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the best pitcher and the best hitter. Right, right, right. But no, honestly, it's great to um, be able to talk with those families. We all have uh, licensing agencies that we work with, and we kind of work on deals together. Um, you know, I will always said this, you know, growing up as a descendant of Josh Skipton has been great. Um, besides the Negro League family members, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with the Clementes, uh, Orlando Cepeda's family, Babe Ruth, his, uh, his great-grandson is Brent Steve, who's a really good friend of mine. So you get a chance to meet all these other family members. So we have a small little circle of fraternity in that, you know, we just talk and compare stories and help each other out based on licensing deals and other projects and support everybody. So we're, we're a big family, man. So, um, you know, myself and Bay Ruth's great grandson, Brent, a few years ago, we did a painting called Josh and the Bay, and it was based on diversity. And we went different ballparks and went to the hall of fame talking about racism. Um, we thought about bringing that back because what we're going through right now, this would be a great educational tool to talk about that. And it was basically about two, two, two great baseball players. One was black and one was white. They were compared to each other, but they never had a chance to play against each other. But they were compared to each other just based off their home run greatness. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot of great stories to talk to these family members, man. But it's, it's all fun. We, we joke a lot. And, um, you know, it, it's great to be able to talk to some of those people. And also just to – just to hear their stories as well. I mean, you know, just to hear the Clemente stories and, and, the, and the Ruth stories and you know, even going to the Negro Leagues, Cool Papa Bell's family and I know Ruth Foster's nephew. So we all can, we all just have a good time talking. One more question for you. Uh, this past weekend, Major League Baseball celebrated Jackie Robinson Day since they weren't able to do it in April for very obvious reasons now. And with what's going on through this country, what has been going on, you know, these last couple months with the Black Lives Matter movement and just protests going across the country, a lot of the players were talking about like how good it was to have Robinson Day now. Like this is, you know, a very poignant year to have it. You know, this is a good person to have in this discussion. For how much baseball has meant to the history of this country from, you know, the 20th century on. How, how much do you think, not just for the Gibson, but just the Negro Leagues, how much do you think their names, their, you know, history could be put into this? Because it, the leagues were, if nothing else, a great sign of almost civil disobedience. Like, okay, well, we can't play in your league. We'll just make a better league. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's so funny you mentioned that. Like you said, we just celebrated Jackie Robinson Day, and, and, and you know, Jackie carried a lot of African Americans on his shoulders uh, mm-hmm. when he crossed over the color barrier. But it's funny because I always, when I have these interviews, and here we are talking about the centennial, the 100 year anniversary of the Negro Leagues, right? 100 years. Mm-hmm. And we're still going through this. African-Americans are still going through the same things today as my grandfather and Satchel Paige and Cooper Bill went through in 1920. And I can guarantee my great-grandfather never imagined that his great-grandson would probably be going through the same things that he went through. And, it's, and, you know, and I'm hoping that it's not another 100 years where my grandkids will be talking about their great-great-great-grandfather and they're going through the same thing. Um, you know, NBA stepped up big with the protests. Um, WNBA stepped up big with their protests. You know, some of the football teams, some of the MLB teams. Um, you know, it's just it's just a shame. You know, you know. Of course, I'm an African American male, and to see this going on still in our country is sad. And to see innocent people of color just getting murdered, you know, innocently for no reason. It's sad, and, and you know, just my take on it is that if we don't hold these account, these cops accountable, and, and lock them up, it's never going to stop. So, and Jackie Robinson, as you mentioned, he's a big civil rights person, and he he was involved with the marches and with Martin Luther King and all the protests, and you know, he so he gets it. And like you said, for us, it just so happened that. The day that this Jacob Blake got killed around that time, then we celebrating Jackie Robinson Day. And I always, when I talk about Jackie Robinson, I always bring up a story about, you know, we all know Jackie was the first. And we know he crossed in 1947. But the one thing that's strange is that, just, just give an example of Jackie would have failed, okay? If Jackie would have been in a bus and just went out there and stunk up the yard, and, you know, I'm pretty sure all the owners and the commissioner at the time would have went to Branch Ricky and said, see, we told you so. And we always think about, you know, you don't know, understand how long it would have took another white owner to take a chance on a black play. It could, have t- it could have set us back another 10 years. It could have been close to 1960 by the time they took another black baseball player. And that's crazy. So, you know, all we do respect to Jackie. I mean, people always say um, – was Jackie the best at the time? Um, no, it was a lot of great players better than Jackie. But Jackie had it all. He had the, he had the total package. He had the, he had the athletic ability. He had the military background. He had the education. And when Branch Rickey, you know, he decided to go with, Rip Brand, I mean, uh, with Jackie, and he made a great choice. And then after that, Larry Doby and the rest is history, as they say. Sean, thank you again for joining for joining on the podcast where can we find you and uh plug the website one more time yep yep so to hear more about our mvp uh, campaign you go to www.joshgibson.org please sign our petition it's on our website and any information we we'll know about our programs is all on our website all right and be sure to uh Follow us on DK Sports Radio. we got a lot more good stuff coming. Noah will be back tomorrow as well. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.